Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. I'm going to hijack this intro for just about 10 seconds here and announce that we have a newly released Patreon. And if you haven't gone and checked it out, go look at the link in the description uh, and go see what tiers might fit for you. But now let's get to the recap and see where the Jinx Squad are at. They are in a frozen iceberg. And last we had left them, they had encountered Makoth the Crimson and a little kobold where our resident kobold was able to get Ralph's ring activated to silence the screams for help before the other dozen kobolds in the other room came to uh, join the battle. Quickly dispatching of the kobold, and after a brief conversation with Makoth, Makoth does want to be rescued, but also is a wizard in the fact that they like their research and they really don't like to leave a problem unsolved. So after bringing them back to her pseudo home where there is also an unfortunate battle that occurred due to Makoth's just foolhardiness maybe airheadedness might be a better word for that they quickly dispatched of the ice troll and they came up with a plan and they had committed themselves to destroying the dragon Arithator some hesitance between our uh, party members here but after resolving themselves with one another they had committed to defeating Arithator and that is where we join our adventurers now. So, Jank Squad, this ice troll, Marvin, I believe. Reginald, was it? Ah, that was the other ice troll I had. Reginald is this one. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> they, they have a sitcom together, Marvin and Reginald. <laughs> <laughs> no, Reginald is uh, still polymorphed as a really slow sloth. And you are resolved last we had discussed. So... What does the Jinx Squad do? I believe last we had discussed you were trying to attune to the Ring of Cold Resistance, which was going to take an hour. So the Polymorph was going to dissipate before that attunement had occurred. So uh, I leave it to you, Jinx Squad, to direct what you do next. All right. So first thing that we've decided we want to do, because we definitely we haven't been planning outside of this session, not at all, putting together plans for how we're going to try and manage this not situation. Not at all, definitely not. Mm -mm. It's live, baby. I sense the sincerity in each of your voices. Inspiration to all of you. Ooh. Oh, thank you. Oh, I already no. have it. I already got it, dang it. I'm worried about that going into a dragon fight. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go to the eastern entrance, the first one that we discovered leading down into the lower layer. Sure, with like the engineering crane that you flew down, Fleeple. Yeah, so the first thing that we want to do is, as we fell in it, we're going to take the pulley and we're going to send it all the way down and we're going to tie it off up above. So at this point, it's basically just a rope for us to climb straight up and down in case we should need a means of egress. Okay. And so that is the first thing we're going to do to get down into this area. But before we actually go down, I'm going to cast... Pass without trace on all of us. And Makoth still has the troll in the other room. So even though my concentration on polymorph is getting lost, we're hopefully far enough away that we don't have to worry about it at the moment. Yes, yeah, so you bid uh, you bid adieu to Makoth and uh, Makoth 
uh, has made the commitment to she, she's in on this and she's um, she's like oh yeah me and Reginald you know we're, we're tight uh, so I'll, yeah, I'll take him over here and uh, she takes him actually uh, she follows you to a, a distance but she actually veers off as you are going towards the pit she veers off to another direction to take him supposedly further into the iceberg in paths that are undiscovered to your party delightful so pass without trace on all of us great boom and now we're going to start getting down into the lower recesses and we're going to find some places to set up you know just just a little welcoming party for the dragon here okay uh, so yeah, with that, sorry, just real quick, the the pulley system not difficult to uh, manage uh, whatsoever. It's uh, now that you know what it is. There's absolutely an easy way to maneuver it. Throw a rope down at the very least that's attached to this pulley system, and you just want the rope dangling, right? You don't want to like try to engineer something with this pulley system itself, correct? Yeah, just a simple dangling rope. Easy enough, and uh, I believe. Yes, that goes all the way down to the iceberg that you had. Well, hold on. It should go down all the way to the iceberg. Yeah, so 40 feet, easy enough. It goes it just a little bit of slack on the iceberg that is jutting up from the uh, ground in what we'll call Arthur's lair because that's what it is. And that is the iceberg that you had landed on Fleeple previously. So you're using the full extent of the 50 feet of rope essentially here. Okay. So now the first question I have for you, how big are the nets that we got from the ice hunters? Yeah, so those nets, each of you have your own net, right? Two, I believe, in fact. Two each. Ah, all right. Well, so the orcs would have, uh, these are normal fishing nets, right? So they are enough to get, um, to cast out and grab some of the more exotic fish or just generalized fish. Normal fish. (laughs) <laughs> the, the more normal basic fish, the the non-legendary um, creature fish from the Monster Manual, right? So trout, salmon, things like that. And so it, they are pretty large. And so like Fleeple, you could get caught in one of these pretty easily. In fact, uh, each one of you could probably fit yourself into the net if you're just trying to like gauge size and try to figure out how large it is it does require some sort of like skill to throw these nets obviously and but they are weighted um so they have a rope attached to them and they have weights around the edge so that when you pull against them they they create that vacuum or they create that ball so the fish get trapped in so yeah i mean two a piece six of them that that is that is quite quite a wide distance if you can connect all of them together Yeah, so what we're hoping to do is take all six of those and basically tie them together into one big old super net. Mmm, I see. So you're trying to you're trying to attach with your own rope, with your own uh, material that will allow you to throw it as one large net. Mm. Yeah, two by three grid of nets essentially. Mm. Mm Hmm. Okay. And I assume you're just using the rope that you have on hand. Indeed. Okay. Okay. Oh well, this will this, this probably this will require a deft hand, I would say. And so, would my hunting skills have had any in, in my time of hunting? I would have had the dexterity to make traps and such, and possibly repair nets that came back. Yeah, hundred percent. So, 
what I'm going to allow here is we're going to use this uh, the variant rule that we've described uh, occasionally. Mal, you are trained in survival as a barbarian, correct? Yes. Okay, I, that I figured as much. What we're going to do here is I'm going to have you make a uh, not right now, but when we get to it, I'm going to make you have you make a dexterity based survival check. Okay. So essentially, it it would normally just be a dexterity check, but because of your hunting background specifically and your survival background. That is allowing you to add your proficiency bonus to it. That's why survival, dexterity-based survival uh, skill check. And Lance, you are very deft with your hands, so um, I will allow you to make a dexterity check when we come to it here to see how we can maneuver and get these nets together. I just gotta think about, um, you guys keeping me on my toes. It's a good thing, it's a good thing. I'll keep telling myself that. I <laughs> uh, just got to think of the DC before I have any of you roll and how many successes or failures we want here. So what we'll have happen here is we are going to need a series of skill checks here, and they are going to be just dexterity based or survival based. And I'm going to say we need for a large net like this, we're going to need probably three successes and then for each failure, time will pass. And uh, as time passes, there might be an increased chance for a random encounter. And if there's a critical failure, which I'm gonna take from Pathfinder 2E, if it's 10 or less from my DC that I'm gonna set, then some of these nets might be possibly become damaged as well. So that way we have some varying success here. Does that all sound fair to everybody? You're the cool DM. We'll follow you. Yeah, you're so cool right now, Thomas. I'm just really. I'm mainly looking over to Ned because I get real self-conscious when I come up with mechanic <laughs> stuff on the fly here. So uh, <laughs> works so, for me. Okay, yeah. cool. Yes, and here. All right. So what I just heard was Jake. He doesn't care about our opinion. Yeah, he's looking at Ned. Yeah. He's looking at Ned. <laughs> I said mainly, yeah. mainly. We're not DMs, right. Mickey, so we don't really get it. We're we're trying to pull shenanigans on a kind and long-suffering DM. I think he's justified in making us do a little bit of work. <laughs> Aww. All right. We roll an inspiration again to all of you guys. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so let's start with just, let's just start doing it one at a time because this is going to be like a group skill check. Um, we'll start with Mal leading out um, since you are the expert in this area. You got this sport. Oh, they, I was just about to ask you, and you want to do like enhance ability, but we got this sport. So we're, we're blessing, adding a D4 to this roll. Uh, I've got the DC set in my mind. Okay, and you said a dexterity-based survival check? Yeah, which for you just means dexterity check, add your proficiency bonus. Okay. Um, 21. Ooh, yeah. Okay. You start getting the rope, and uh, some of the sections of the nets are actually a little too small for the rope, and so you deftly, like, at certain parts of the rope, you cut it off and you um, you untangle it or you unwrap it so you can get kind of like some of the thinner strands of the rope, which would destroy it if you didn't know what you were doing. And you know what you're doing, obviously. You come from the north, spine of the world, it's your home, of course it is. And as Lance is looking at you, he's getting his portion ready. And as he looks to you, he's about to say something, but as you definitely like, and when I say definitely, it is, it is professional. You're just, you get in the zone. You're just like knife 
cuts you're cutting it in such a fine way and like you know exactly like the grain to go uh and how to like move it and you're tying it up that is one full success here. So we only need two more successes as a party here. And you have one third of this giant net together. And due to that, that only took five minutes. Now, Lance, you'd like to take a go at it, correct? Yes, using sleight of hand, just being deft with my hands, being able to tie knots in the right places to get it all set up. You got this sport? I'm gonna have you just do it, just a general dexterity check. So not add the proficiency bonus, just because when it comes to tying nets specifically, this is something you are less trained in compared to Malamara's survival. So you are still getting all of your dexterity, just no proficiency bonus here, but you're getting the dexterity. I am proficient well. in every dexterity based skill. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> all right, so just dexterity. Just dexterity modifier on this roll plus the d4. 17. 17. As you are looking at Mal and you're like, you've got a pretty good idea of what to do and where to go about how, how to work this. And you are focusing on some of the larger portions of the net uh, and tying them. You're like, Mal clearly is the expert here. I'm going to let her deal with the more fine-tuned stuff because she's the one that can get it strong and neat and tight. And so you're going to focus on some of the more larger areas and things are going really well but it's so cold very cold and after doing this for a few minutes it's so cold and your fingers are like you have to like blow into your fingers to warm them up that you you go a little too quickly and just as you finish your section you like look over and uh, as you set your net down the rope looks like it's all tied perfectly but as you set it down one end just gets pulled ever so slightly and it's like one of those granny knots where you pull and it just comes undone and that is a failure unfortunately i'm gonna give him my inspiration <gasps> oh. oh here we go i have inspiration i was gonna use it I, I i thought i had to declare it though before i knew if it was success or a failure well i'm a cool dm let's let's just roll <laughs> all right Ned, yeah, you, you, you keep that you, you can keep... use your inspiration if you want yeah, yeah you keep the inspiration i want i want uh, this is my thing. I'll, I'll use the inspiration. I want you to have it for whatever you got coming up. All right, one more time, one more time, one more time. I get to keep the guidance roll? You you get to keep the D4. Yeah, keep the guidance roll. 19. 19. Just as the rope starts to become untangled, you go, no, 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 no. And you grab it, <laughs> and you're like, oh, where did I go wrong? And you're like, oh. It's over then under, and just you undo the last little bit and you pull it tight. That is a success. All right. Yeah. <sighs> oh. But now I don't All have right. an inspiration for the fight. <laughs> Wait, Thomas, you just gave us inspiration. Go back. I'm inspired, right? <laughs> I'm sure. So, if we want to use inspiration, that is correct. We do need to call it out before success or failure is stated. But we have one last possibly one last skill check here. It's only been 10 minutes while you guys have been tying this up. There's only one section left. Who would like to take this? I am proficient in survival. <gasps> there we go. And it definitely comes from your background as well, be, being in the woods. Cleric. Uh, as a yeah. cleric. <laughs> all, all that time I spent catching fish in the temple. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, what, what's your official background as well, just to play into theme here? I am an acolyte. Acolyte. All right. Uh, so the theme of you being a acolyte in the woods with your druidic sense, yes. Uh, you can perform a 
dexterity-based survival skill if you'd like. All right, you got this sport. It's a 27. Yeah. What'd you roll on the 20? I rolled a 19 on the 20, one on the d4, seven for my dex and proficiency. Almost a critical success, not quite a critical success though. Oh boy. With a DC of 18, you see what they're doing and you're like, oh, I've done this before. <laughs> I've totally done this before. Like here you are being like, oh, Mal and Lance, they're the ones. And then you see what they're doing and you're like, that? Oh, all right. Yeah, you did this growing up. <laughs> like You did this from day three. So suddenly I remember why I thought this was such a good idea in the first place. There you go. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right. Uh, and then you go and you start getting a uh, rope and you start tying the rope together and you're finessing it. You're doing the final touches of, get, of connecting all three sections even further, even more solidified. <sighs> That's such, I mean, three successes right in a row. And uh, you rolled so high. I'm going to say not only is this net firm and secure i'm gonna say it's a plus one net uh for the purposes of like a uh it's a masterwork net (laughs) oh we're so incredible it has now become magical it's not it's not magical but it's more masterwork yes (laughs) yeah it's definitely not magical for the purposes of mechanics of trying to uh do damage to overcoy, o- overcome resistance. It Nets burns. Um, it burns. But when it comes to s- grapple checks, this will be a plus one net to uh, when it comes to grappling. So well done, the three of you. Wow, no need to roll uh, random encounters there. So uh, just breeze right through that. Booyah. So now here's what we want to do with this net. I'm going to hide it kind of off to the side, uh, sort of behind one of these pillars here. Uh, next to one of the entrances, per- preferably, I guess, the southern entrance from the western portion of the lair to the eastern portion of the lair. Kind of hide behind that pillar and kind of fold it over on itself along the ground there so that it could be easily lifted straight up. I'm going to be on one end of the net, one corner, and when the time comes, I'm going to use my telekinesis to lift the other corner of the net straight up and then potentially drape it over a dragon who might get lured past this area here. Ooh, okay, so uh, let's run this by one more time just to make sure I understand the details of uh, what you're you're describing. So you're on the ledge in Arthator's lair, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, you have the net, which it's very heavy right now. Like you actually have to tie it to the rope and lower it down because if you try to hold it, Fleeple, you like plummet to your wings. Don't quite hold it. You had a rage mage, but uh, your strength is minus two, if you recall, and is only a six right now. <laughs> so, so it is uh, quite difficult. So um, you're able to put it down. You're having it draped across the entire. So the way that I'm thinking of setting it down is like if you were to imagine taking, I don't know, like a dish towel or something and lowering it onto a table and you kind of zigzag it back and forth so that it lays neatly on top of itself. But if you were to lift it straight up, it would just be one flat sheet. I see. Yep. Okay, absolutely. And uh, it's it does cover the entire expanse of one side of the iceberg here. This iceberg being a 15 by 15 uh, square-ish platform. It barely fits on top of this iceberg, this pillar, I should say. But yes, easy enough to do uh, with some struggling with your sixth strength. You're like, oh my gosh. You almost take a point of exhaustion. Just kidding. You don't. Um, that would be really sad. But you uh, you definitely struggle while Lance and Mal look down from above going, you okay? <laughs> you okay? Don't worry. I got this sport. 
<laughs> Alright, so now that I'm in place, sounds like it's time to start luring the dragon over this way. Okay, so is it just Fleeple down here? No, Malamara and I will descend. Uh, before we do, Malamara, um, here, I think... I will say... As you descend, I do need everybody to roll. Never mind. I was going to talk to you, but goodbye. <laughs> okay. I don't normally do this, buddy. I'm going to make everybody roll an athletics check to climb down the rope here. Uh, except for Fleetbo, because you can fly. Woof. Great. Okay. I'll do guidance on Lance. Thank you. Since stealth is the name of the game and you're descending into a lair, I feel it appropriate. 19. 18. Easy enough. Both of you descend onto this pillar without issue, and currently no need for a stealth check. Lance, sorry for interrupting you. You're good. Um, Manamar, I, I've been thinking, and I I don't know if I'd be the best to be right up front in the face of this thing. Um, I think you should have this. And he will take out twirling it around like a gunslinger. His short sword of dragon slaying that doesn't need attunement. You just have it and it works. And he will hold the blade side and hand it off to Malamara. Mal looks at the sword in his hands and she reaches for it and gingerly takes it out of his hands and looks back to him and says, but won't this leave you defenseless? I, I don't know that I I don't feel comfortable being down here if you don't have a weapon to defend yourself. No, no, no. I have I have daggers. I have my just regular short sword and, and he reaches into the bag of holding. I've got this regular, you know, not magical, but uh, I've got my bow. I've got those arrows. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Just just know that Maramara, you've, you've got this. You're the power. You've got this. She nods and, and takes a deep breath in and <sighs> And she'll look at both Lance and Fleeple. She's like, I know that we just talked about this and went over all of our plans, but I... Please, stay as far away from this monster as you can. Especially now that I have this, I'll, I'll be right in its face, but you guys have to keep your distance. That is 100% the plan. I've got to tell me yeah, twice. We just talked about it. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to get near this thing unless... Unless things hit the fan. Just don't. Just be safe. Be strong. And know we're here for you. You too. To both of you. Mal will reach into her bag and take out that small statue of Bothus. And we'll put it on the ground and she'll kneel down by it and say the incredibly intricate and forgotten language magic words and just say, Good boy and cause him to come to life. Uh, the statue emerges into Balthus, and he kind of stretches and does the big old dog stretch and yawns with his, yeah, his big stretch, uh, feet first down, and then his back and his mouth goes, oh, wow, yeah, well, hey, it's good to see you there. Yeah, it's good to be good to be here. Oh gosh, it's cold. It's like so cold here. And she'll scratch behind his ears and keep him quiet since we're down in this cave. And the tail is just <laughs> just wagging against his uh, side. And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's real good. That's a, um, 
You want me to be quiet? That's, that's a little hard for me, I'll be honest. But okay. <laughs> and just to be clear, for we are trying to draw the dragon to which particular spot? Are we trying to draw him in between all the pillars, right in the end of the corridor to the to the west? So what I have in my brain is we've got the two corridors connecting the east and the west portions. I want to draw him through the southern corridor, and I think I'm on top of the pillar that is immediately at the entrance of that southern corridor. All right, and Lance is going to, after all that exchange, Lance is going to climb down, going to each level of this thing, and Lance is going to dart over, not dart, uh, sneak over, I should say, over to the north, kind of northeast pillar from that. I'm going to, because I believe that's a raised platform, not like a huge pillar, but it's a raised area, about 10 feet, I believe. And Lance is going to hide to the east of it, uh, right next to the, the, the right side of that pillar, kind of shielding him from the corridor's vision. I see. And Mal will climb down the same time that Lance is and go straight across to the one that's directly north. And without climbing up on it, stay at that lower level and hide behind so that if we can lure the dragon through that corridor, she's on the opposite side. And I would say, Thomas, I'm even behind it. Like, if you scoot me over two spaces to the right, I'm, I'm purposely trying to hide my body from being at all seen from those two corridors. All right. So each one of these uh, large squares on this map is is 15 feet. So between from where Fleeple currently is, it's going to be 30 feet from where you are uh, to where you are, Lance. But before we even get to that point, the ice here is treacherous, and each of you have crampons. Yes. Uh, so as you descend, just Mal and Lance, I'm going to need each of you to roll an athletics check with advantage here to make sure you don't fall and possibly fall through the ice. Nine. Eight. With advantage? Yeah, I rolled a two both times. I rolled a six wow. and an eight. I will say, I'm not darting. I am moving as slow as I can because I'm also trying to sneak. All right. As each of you are climbing down this pillar, you get about five feet from the, the bottom before uh, you actually slip and you fall. You fall to the ground, and although you don't fall through the ice, it does make a clatter and a sound. And each of you just hold your breath and you wait there. I need each of you to roll me a stealth check, but for Mal and Lance with disadvantage. But we have the plus 10 for Pass Without Trace, right? But you have plus 10 with Pass Without Trace. Are we still within 30 feet of Fleeple? I'll be flying just above them to make sure they're still within range. Yeah, this is before we all get to our spots. I get I get a straight roll because of my boots. Correct. And this is noise-based for sure. I rolled a six, so it's 16. Paths out of trace. 35. And 31. All right. As each of you hold your breath and you wait, you hear something in the distance but in the in the northeast of where you currently are at and before you move off to your locations you actually you hop up on the pillar that fleeple is eventually going to uh end up with it's uh from the initial pillar that you came in it has a secondary level to it that's still above the ground it's about eight feet above the ground and you 
hide there. And with your Pass Without Trace magic, it is encasing you like in darkness with a little bit of snow. You wait a few minutes through Lance's suggestion, being very trained in stealth. As each of you wait there for a few minutes, there are two creatures that are lumbering and you hear them lumbering from the northeast. And they look very much like Reginald, for they are ice trolls. And they're sniffing around. Very guttural, speaking to one another. As they're just, their heads are swinging back and forth, looking and scanning where they thought they heard the noise. All of you hold your breath, or you wait with bated breath. And one of them sort of shrugs his head and gestures to go back to the northeast where they were, slowly. But it appears there is more than just Arthator that might be down here. After five minutes, you let your breath out. You're able to move on with your plan if that's what you choose. Yeah. Well, we're here. Mm. Yep. Great. Okay. So Lance, you climb back down. No need for an athletics check here as you're only eight feet above. So you just slink down and you quietly walk over going at a slow speed, I would imagine, um, so that the crampons don't give you away. Because as as you might recall, last I spoke, the crampons not as stealthy as they possibly could be. So they, you make it sound. It's like in Dune where they do the uh, um, the sand sea walkings so that worms don't like hear the movement. Like you, you try to make it sound like it's just the cracking of the ice uh, naturally in the sculpture, in the iceberg, I should say. And you hide behind the column. And all of you are in position. And Mal, you are right next to Fleeple. Balthus being with you, he just kind of whispers and goes, so what's going on right now? Like, what are we doing? This is obviously very cold. Mao will quietly and quickly explain the second phase of the plan that the Jinx Squad has agreed upon, which is we're going to ask Bothus to run down this corridor to the west here toward the ice pools, because that's where we believe that the dragon is hopefully gain his attention and come back, luring him right in between these two ice pillars in which we're hiding behind. Yes, and for our listeners, if you recall, the west uh, section of this lair had some pools uh, that were not frozen over that were typically used by Arthator, told to them by Makoth the Crimson, to enter in and out of the lair. So your plan is to get Balthus to burst on over the air, making a lot of noise uh, in that general direction, and if there's any creature to try and lure it back to you? Correct. I see. Balthus looks at you and just blinks deliberately a couple times. Um, so I don't really like this idea of a dragon, like, trying to eat me, but um, I guess I have to listen to you. You are my master. Just uh, sounds an awful lot like what my previous master would make me do, so uh, just keep that in mind. Um. <laughs> Mal will take out a piece of 
smoked jerky from her pack and give it to him as a treat and scratches his ears again. Just trust us, bud. It's okay. As soon as you pull the jerky out, he goes like on his haunches and go and wags his tail just in the air and goes, Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Oh, oh, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. <laughs> She'll give him the jerky and give him good ear scratches and just go quietly since we know there's other things in this cavern. It's okay, buddy. Just trust us. I promise you it'll be okay. <sighs> All right, fine. Well, this does make it a little easier, but <laughs> let's expect lots of scratches, and uh, you better take me out every week, okay? I know it takes a week for to recharge, but every week on the dot, okay? You got it, bud, <gasps> and she'll give butt scratches that dogs love so much. Scratch, 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 scratch. And uh, Balthus uh, will uh, stand up as straight as it possibly can, head held up high, dignified, as it goes and starts sauntering before uh, it starts to gallop. So, Mal, you are watching them go, correct, Balthus? Or are you hiding behind the pillar? I don't have any reason to watch him go. Okay. Because we believe the dragon's way far to the west, so there'd be no point in watching him. Okay, sounds good. You are waiting, and you hear Balthus just start barking. This real deep bark. As uh, you hear this loud barks, and then all of a sudden it cuts off, and you're like, what the? And you hear a... Really, really slow bark. A very slow bark. As soon as you hear that, there is a large noise from the west side of this chamber, the lair, of... It sounds like a mountain is moving, or like the iceberg itself is moving. And you hear a... And you hear wings flap into the air. Do any of you look, or are you holding firm in your uh, position? I'm hiding. Uh, I'm still on top of the pillar, so can I, like, from my vantage point, can I get a better look? Absolutely, you can. You're kind of, like, not on your hands and knees prone, but you uh, you look, and at this time, Fleeple... Well, first off, I need everybody to roll me a stealth check, and then I'll describe what you see. Lance, you do not have the plus 10, because I don't believe you're in range. Is it within 30 feet radius? Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. And Balthus is not going to roll a stealth check, because he's Balthus. Going to use my inspiration to re-roll that. <gasps> oh, all right. I have a 22. 24 for Mal. 25. 25. <laughs> okay. Mal, you are holding firm. Holding uh, just the short sword, or are you holding the uh, the silver sword? She's holding the short sword in one of her hands, and she pulls out a second hand axe just to have two light weapons in her hands. Very good, very good. And Lance, you are holding there. And Fleeple, you're the only one that is able to witness what is happening. As you do see Balthus, he's running. And as he reaches a certain point of the corridor that's off to the east, there is a slow spell that gets activated as he crosses a specific point, And it's just slow motion. But as soon as that activated is when you hear the grinding or the, the iceberg moving itself. And you look off... So you do see Balthus start to slow 
but you hear the beat of the wings that is familiar to you because you, I mean, having wings just for a short time, you're able to recognize the sound and you feel the air start to shift and the low grumble of what you assume to be Arathator quickly confirmed as you hear a loud right by where Balthus currently is at. In the lair, there is a section of ice right in the middle that has a pillar almost the same level as where you currently are at, Fleeple. And you just see this dark shape and dark shadow with first with its wings completely outstretched that begin to fold as it perches on this ledge looking down at this peculiar creature Balthus, now in slow motion, looking slowly up at Arathator, this dragon, right as Arathator is looking and um, pounces on Balthus and is going to make an attack roll. And it's as he pounces Fleeple, that's when you get sight of Arathator and, it's, and how large this dragon is. So, rolling a seven on the dice plus an up so they get an 18 to hit which hits Balthus how much hit points does Balthus have probably not much it's just the stats of a mastiff I think so which is probably a handful of dice I'm sure it's like seven hit points that was what Zaza usually had uh it is five hit ah, points yeah. in oh, fact <laughs> poor doggy the chompers of Arthator rip into Balthus. Balthus just screams out in pain in slow motion before uh, falling right back into the statue. Arathator looks down at the this, this statue, cocks its head, and immediately is on alert. And so, well, while Arathator is looking down in that moment of confusion, I'm going to take like three torches and toss them directly east of me. Ooh, okay. Sounds good. Good, good. How far are you aiming to, uh, are you wanting to throw these torches? I want to throw them as far east as I can so that they will attract the dragon's attention and hopefully get him to start going towards them past the pillar where I'm currently on top of. Towards the uh, net, right? Yes. Uh, so tr you're trying to get it on the same, just, just in that general direction, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And from, I'm what, 24 feet up above the bottom area yes you are 24 feet up from the ground level here correct you're gonna throw in that direction regardless let's see how far you can throw it though let's have you roll an athletics check uh which i know is not great for you <laughs> minus two that's a five five okay i mean it's gonna be a success of throwing but it's just a matter of how far you throw, right? Mm -hmm. So they hit as Mal you chuck underneath. it, Ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you throw, you're uh, you're able to throw it about fifteen to twenty feet away from where you currently are at, and you're like, ah, you start to massage your shoulder a little bit. Oh, this is interesting. Throwing the torches while doing a perception. So Arthur is coming from the, the the spot of like this is a magic statue. Who would possibly have a magic statue down here by randomness? Somebody else must be here. Hence, the torches is a good distraction. So here we go. Yeah. Okay. Not great rolls, actually. So 
as they're looking in the darkness to see each of you, to see if they can kind of see you, the, the light catches their attention. And they don't move initially. They actually s- stay there looking in that direction, maybe thinking like maybe somebody jumped down with their torch. And you hear Arthator's voice for the first time. A neat trick, to be sure. But a trick is all it was. Why don't you come out so we can chat properly? And it starts to stalk towards the location where the torches were. Not fast, but it is moving the direction to where the torches were, specifically closer to that pillar. Okay, what I'm actually going to do then is I'm going to summon Star Platinum in the area where those torches are. Okay. Uh, So the torches, since there is no pillar between you and the pillar with the nets, there's no levels between you two, I should say. So these torches fell all the way down to the ice floor. Do you want Star Platinum on the ground next to the torches on the floor there? Yeah, I'm going to have him start kind of behind the pillar, just appear right there on the ground, and then walk out into the dragon's vision. And when he gets in place as he's walking towards Star Platinum, right, as he's below me on that pillar, I'm going to telekinesis on the opposite corner of the net from where I am, just to make sure that I've got a nice stable lift. That is going to make Star Platinum disappear, but in that moment of confusion, gonna fly out, drop the net on top of the dragon. As they see Star Platinum, Arthator cocks its head and just grins this uh, very inhuman smile. Goes, Ooh, one from the Feywild. How did you find yourself in my little home? And as it goes to step, that's when you activate your telekinesis, Star Platinum leaves, and it's at that moment when Arthur lunges for Star Platinum as they're about to leave. Your goal is to pull the net off the top and try to land it perfectly on top of Arthur correct? Yep, so I'm on one corner, telekinesis on the other corner, so I've got a nice even distribution of the force and just pull it straight out and almost drape it down over the top. Sounds good. All right. Well, as you drop it on top of Arthator, they did not notice you with their perception check. They rolled a seven on the dice. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. And so uh, all of you, that pass without trace really came in handy there. And it's at that point that the net gets dropped on top of Arthator. And as it is successful, I think it's time to roll initiative. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Eight my initiative. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Fleeple, what did you roll? 11. Mal? You know, most of the time, I feel like. Oh boy. <laughs> when you roll a natural 20 on initiative, it doesn't feel like. It's super important, but I feel like this is the best time to get a natural 20 on a initiative. So I have a natural 20, which is a initiative of 22. Ooh, oh boy. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty important time important. here. Yeah. 
Oh, gosh, that's good. And then Lance. Eight. All right. Well, as Fleeple yanks this with telekinesis, drapes the net over Arthator, there's a moment of confusion before Arthator just starts. And Mal, it's your go first. You are within 20 feet of this creature. I sure am. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Mal will look across the cavern to where she can see Lance hiding behind his pillar as well. And she just kind of goes, okay, here we go. And she will bonus action rage taking the form of a bear. So while raging, they ha- I have resistance to all damage except for psychic. And Which she will just... B- just bizarre. <laughs> That's crazy. Charge forward, holding the short sword of dragon slaying aloft. And as she gets to the dragon, she just takes two quick slashes at his underside. Excellent. Let's go ahead and roll damage here. Go ahead. So the net, statistically the way this works, a creature entangled by a net is restrained until it is freed. And while mm-hmm. restrained, attack rolls against the creature have advantage and its attack rolls have disadvantage. Yeah. And it has to use an action to break out, right? Yeah. So the way that the net works specifically, a creature can use its action to make a DC 10 strength check, freeing itself or another creature within its reach on a success or dealing five slashing damage to the net at AC-10 also destroys the net. But since this is six nets put together, would that be... I mean, I'll, I'll let you figure out how you want to make that work. I don't think it's going to be 60 damage it has to get through, but it is a plus one, so the AC will be a little harder, um, mm-hmm. but maybe not maybe not six times worth of damage. <laughs> so say just 10 worth of damage it has to get through. Okay. All right, Mal. So this was with with advantage then for both of these attacks. So the first attack was a natural 20. <laughs> no, with the short sword. Wait, the dragon sword. Yes. Oh. A natural 20 with for initiative and a natural 20 with the, the dragon slayer sword. Ooh. Gotta love initiative. Oh, my uh, goodness. So that's 26 to hit. Oh. Yeah, that's a hit. Uh, Jake, you want to hit me with the stats one more time when we're using the sword against a dragon? So again, a short sword, you have a d6 for the base damage, and if it's attacking a dragon, you get a three d6s. So with a natural 20, you get eight d6s to roll. Yeah. That is a fireball right there. Mm-hmm. That's a- <laughs> this is like the first time I've seen a convoluted plan actually work. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> work. Yeah. How's that for shaky plans? <laughs> My, how far we've come. Well, I mean, it's crazy how you guys didn't plan at all. No, this is improv. This is is improv, baby. (laughs) This is improv, baby. Yes, and. (laughs) As you rush up to Arthator, Mal, you scream. Arthator turns around. As you just dig into him as he is. speaking to you, not listening, scoring this critical hit into the side, the magic piercing through his hide. He screams out in pain. You do how much damage his first attack? 25 points of slashing damage. Oh, 25! 
And then for the second. It's adva- it's advantage as well. Yeah. It's only an 18 that time. 18. 18. Just barely a hit. Yes. 18 slashing damage for the second attack. Ooh. My goodness. Man, that she has moved completely south of this dragon, hopefully keeping his attention down at her and away from her teammates who are now directly behind the dragon. I see. So that was just your attacks. Your bonus action was to rage and you moved. So your turn is done. And she just glares up at the dragon and says, come on! All right. Fleeple, it goes right to you. Okay. I Do I hear by any chance, like, can I tell that the trolls have figured out that something's going on over here? I think it's safe to assume that with all of the noise, they probably aren't going to be standing idly by, as Makoth said, that they serve Arthator as well. Okay, I'm going to then hold my action, and as soon as I see those two trolls appear, I'm going to cast a circular wall of thorns around both of them from the staff <gasps> of the woodlands. Okay, sounds good. Uh, do you want to do anything with your bonus action or movement? Bonus action. Hmm. <laughs> with my flying speed, I can just barely make it to Lance. I am going to fly down to him and bonus action, Ritual of Mistletoe, cast Heroism on Lance. Nice. Oh. Ooh. This is temporary is hit points, right? Yep, beginning of each of your turns, you're going to gain temporary hit points equal to my wisdom modifier, I believe is what it is. Let me check just to make sure. Your spell casting modifier, I think so. Uh, I know it was just like a handful. And as uh, this, as it gets cast upon you, uh, Lance, you, you hear in the back of your mind, Johnny Craig, Craig. <laughs> as heroism oh gets cast upon you. Oh and you're like, yeah. If that kid could do it, so could I. As you look at this massive dragon in front of you. <laughs> oh, wait, that's concentration, and so is Wall of Thorns. Well, you're going to have it for one round at least. Yeah, that's fine. There you go. <laughs> What's my temp hit points that I get? Four. So you get four temporary hit points. Yep, and uh, it's actually your go, Lance. So uh, you get four right at the beginning. Yeah, with that in mind, Lance is going, Okay, you're a hero. You're a hero. You're a hero. <laughs> He'll <laughs> hop around the corner and he will notch in his bow the arrow of slaying, specifically dragon slaying, as it was made. And he'll just be like, okay, you're a hero. Surprise. <laughs> he will shoot it. With advantage. With advantage. Oh, crap on a cracker. Oh, my gosh. This is not going to hit. I've been rolling terribly. That is going to be a 15. <gasps> no. 15 to hit. Jake, I'm going to give you my inspiration. Oh, no. Ooh, last inspiration. I don't want to lose the, the arrow. It's a really last nice arrow. Last inspiration. Come on. Dang it. The arrow's Come worth on. it. Come on. Oh, suck. It's not going to make it. It's 16. Ah. Mm. Oh. As you have heroism cast upon you, you're just like, I'm a hero, I'm a hero. And you have dragon slaying and you're, you're looking and uh, he's within range and he's large as you you let loose. Just the cold is so 
you're not used to the cold and the arrow goes and it's a hit, but it deflects off of its armor. The scales and it's an unsuccessful attack, unfortunately. Just give me some grace here. Let's see if this works. If that happens and it deflects, do I see it on the ground? I will roll to see what happens to it and how far it skitters away. As the arrow just is within your range of sight, because you're dark vision, mm-hmm. the arrow goes off and it leaves your line of sight and you can't see where it goes, but you see the general direction it goes. You just can't see it on the ground. Dang it. You can at least start moving in that direction and see if you can manage to get a glimpse of it. That just sucks. Okay. Yeah. 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 Where is the general direction, Thomas? Uh, it does go south, further south, past Arthator, past uh, Malamara. Even. Okay. I still got one. So, Okay. Yeah, because Makoth gave you two arrows of dragon. What I'm going to do then for the rest of my turn is I am just going to use my movement and I am going to... Bonus action dash? Well, I want to bonus action hide because if he's not under this net Mm. again, I want to have that. So I think I can 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. Oh, that sucks. Well, it's still kind of hiding. I just have to move a little bit. I'm going to go around the pillar... Um, okay. Like, obviously out of sight, and I'm going to use that to bonus action hide. Okay, give me a moment. Man, that just sucked. That was bad. I rolled a seven. I rolled a, I rolled a five, a seven, and an eight. Oh, so sorry, Jake. So bad. Well, I had to balance out Mickey's natural 20, right? <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> Lance, real quick, are you heading southwest for my benefit? No, 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 sorry. I can't head that far. I'm literally, the pillar I'm at, or the the platform I'm at, I'm just moving around it 30 feet as much as I can. So you're just going to run behind it and around to hide, essentially. Yes. You're running to the other side to hide. Go and roll a stealth check, please. I do get advantage with sound being just quieter. Mm-hmm. That's a natural 20 for the hiding. So, 32. Okay, sounds good. All right. That is going to be your turn. Actually, at the end of your turn, Lance, he's going to use a legendary action. Of course he is. Of course he is. And he does not like this net that he's in. So, he is going to try and attack the net and do some damage to it. So, are you kidding me? (gasps) It's a natural one. Ooh, baby. So, this net feels so magical. (laughs) Oh, this net must be a masterwork net. (laughs) I I bet a druid worked on this. It was a masterwork net. Literally, if he'd rolled any other number, he would have attacked and done damage. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? Guess I'll die. (laughs) What a a legendary action. This is fine. Okay, well, that is going to be his legendary action. He was going to try and attack Mal, but oh well. Now, this is where the ice trolls come into play. One of them pops up over, and they are going to move in conjunction with each other. Uh, They are working together. They both have the same initiative, so um, they are running on over... And they see you, Fleeple, and they're going to try and run towards you. So how far, how close do you want them to get to you before? 
it launches off here. Yeah, as soon as I can see both of them right next to each other, so they're going to have to kind of squeeze together a little bit to get through this passage here. So as soon as I see them right next to each other, because the Wall of Thorns has a 20-foot diameter, they're both large, so this is going to just barely exactly encompass both of them. Correct. It absolutely is. All right. Wall of Thorns. Whoo! Sixth level. And when the wall appears, each creature within its area must make a dexterity saving throw. And on a fail, it's 78 piercing damage or half as much on a success. Oh, oh my gosh. Now, uh, describe to us how this, I mean, it's not every day you get to cast a six-level spell. So how does this Wall of Thorns pop into existence, Fleeple, in this iceberg wasteland? Yeah. So I think to the person who loaned me this staff to the Ice Hunter and the way that the thorns begin to appear, they are made of ice itself, but given a flexible, almost thorn-like, plant-like texture. And they come out almost like hunting traps, like snares, like kind of grabbing them around the feet, like bear traps almost, and trying to pin them in place here. Yeah, and it, because the uh, they have to go through this uh, very tight space for their large uh, frames, the thorns almost like, as you said, jut out of the ground and of the the pillars themselves. And dexterity saving throws, you said. What's the DC? It's going to be DC sixteen. Okay, and that's uh, here we go. <laughs> Not great. Okay, that one's okay. So. One was a five, and one was a natural 20 for 21. Okay. So let me grab 7d8. (laughs) My goodness. It's going to be 32 piercing damage. 32 piercing damage. All right. So the first one runs through and just almost gets impaled on these ice thorns. and uh, 32 damage to them. And the other one takes half of that? Correct. So 16. Great. Okay. That's just their action. Um, this is a concentration. Now they can try to break out of it. Is that right? Or yes, you can, can move, move through, through the, the wall, wall, but for every one foot, they move through the wall. It's a five foot thick wall. It's going to cost them four feet of movement for every foot. <sighs> okay. And it's a five foot. Yeah. To get through the wall, it's going to cost them 20 feet of movement. Okay. And when they, the first time or ends its turn in the wall. So yeah, they, they have to like a dexterity saving throw. They're going to try and do that. I mean, they, they've got, they've used their full movement to get where they currently are at. They were going to attack, but uh, with how things are, they uh, don't really like this. And not surprisingly, trolls don't care too much about pain. <laughs> huh? You don't say. They're going to try, they're going to just push through it and uh, they're going to spend their entire action to move the rest of the way and just get on the other side of the wall. Fleeple, that means that they are within five feet of you, I would say. Well, no, you probably would stop them a little bit further. So they they are 10 feet from you currently, I'll say. Okay. And that's going to be their entire turn because they don't have any bonus actions. So that's it. Great. Now, at the end of their turn, Arthur is going to use another legendary action to try and use his tail again to get out of this net here. Okay, that is a lot better. That's a 28. Oh, and gosh. so they're going to uh, do some damage here. That is going to be 
Yeah, so that's going to be uh, 17 points of slashing damage. 70 uh, or 17? 17 points of bludgeoning damage, actually. Apologies. And as such, is able to cut a hole through this net that was holding it down. And uh, it starts to shake it off. And now it is going to be its turn. So first things first, I am going to activate Arthator's Frightful presence. This is Arthur looking at each of you as long as uh, the ones that he can see and he is going to just yell and I need each of you to roll a wisdom saving throw please. What did everybody get? 18. 17 from Al. 16. The three of you hear the cacophony of the noise reverberate off the walls. And as each of you take a deep breath, none of you are frightened by Arthator for you are the Traken Slayers. That is its frightful presence. It is now going to make some attacks against Malamara here. So Mal, here we go. The first one is going to be a 30 to hit? Yeah. Yeah, that hits. It's going to be 19 points of piercing damage. Halved. Plus six points of cold damage. Halved. So that's a total of 12 after all the halving is done. Then it's going to do two claw attacks against you. Okay. That's going to be a non-natural 20. And uh, 17. 17 is exactly my armor class. So both of them hit. So the first one's going to do 16 points of bludgeoning damage. And the second is also going to be 16 points of bludgeoning damage. So 16 total points. And it is going to try and fly in the air away from you, Malamara. Doesn't like that sword you have. You are going to get an opportunity attack against it, so go ahead. Great does not want to be near while you attack that thing. Uh, non-natural 20. That's a hit. Yes. That's 18 points of damage. And I have a racial feat that savage attacks. So when I score a critical hit, I get an extra damage. Like, can I just add that right now? Because I didn't before. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's do that. 18, 22 points of slashing damage. So 18 becomes 22. Yes. Excellent. All right. As Arthator flies up into the air, he actually goes on top of the pillar, 24 feet above you, and he lands on top of it, glowering down at you, Malamara, and sees Fleeple over there in the general area next to the ice trolls as well. That's going to be its turn. And with that, we jump to Mal. With him being so high above me, Mal will use a bonus action to drop her rage. Okay. And try to cast Eldritch Blast at it because he's out of my strike radius. So you drop your rage and you gain composure and you, without thinking, you throw your hand out only to, to realize that your connection was broken, right? And you just... Ah. But you do it without even thinking. And as you're about to stop yourself and you do it without even thinking, you throw your hand up 
And just as you're like sinking into despair, you feel inside of you, you felt it a little bit before, but now that you are casting this magic, you feel it like tenfold. The pool and like the depths of your rage and anger where you would pull your magic from air two, you reach for that. And as you your heart starts to sink, it's almost like you feel that pool get turned upside down, almost like a timer, like a sand timer that you flip and sand starts to dissipate the other direction. And what was complete darkness now seems to be complete light. And you catch your breath as your hand starts to drop before your hand of its own accord shoots back up, pointed at Arathator and your Eldritch Blast get shot out of your hand. Bigger, brighter, larger than they ever were before. They are bright, searing light, and they are double the size of what you had cast previously with Air 2. And I'm going to say, as a result, for this one time, these two Eldritch Blasts, if they hit, they're going to do double damage. Mm. Another natural 20. No! What have I done? You're being a cool DM is what you're doing. I spoke too soon. I only rolled a three on the other one. So let it be Uh, written. Which is a nine. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Nuts. Nine and nine is 18, 11, uh, 20, 30. <laughs> 30 damage. 34. Wait, no. Yeah, 34 points of damage. because you 34 points of damage. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> the singing sword all back in the water, water deep. It just, oh, my gosh. It just feels the power <laughs> feels all yeah. that distance away. Uh, praise Bahamut and all that. Oh, Malamara. <laughs> and all of that. Um, this first Eldritch Blast, it is almost like the power had been just welling up inside of you and at the first sign of the... It's like water has been building up and building up and as soon as you release the spigot just a little bit, it just explodes and it it's like almost looks like a fireball to you fleeple of just this bright platinum light as it sprays across Arthur and you look and you're in awe of what you see it's almost like as the light dissipates you see the faint shivering symbol of Bahamut as it dissipates into the darkness the second one goes wide because your hand uh, was blasted away from the impact or from the the force of the first one. That was 34 points of damage, you say? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let's just say Arthator is bloody. Wow. He is looking <laughs> not too great. At the top of round two. Holy cow. <laughs> At the top of round two with these natural 20s going to Malamara. <laughs> wow. Mickey is beside herself right now. Uh, That's your action, Malamar. Bonus action to drop. Do you move at all? I certainly do. (laughs) Since she dropped her rage. And um, she's, I would say, surprised and almost, I don't know if scared is the right word, but just shocked by the absolute power 
and the well of power that she's felt, but now feeling very drained and vulnerable and knowing that there's a dragon right above her, she's actually going to hightail it 40 feet right over here behind this pillar and take some cover, hopefully, for this turn. Mal, as you see Arathator, um, as you are running backwards, I'm going to have you roll a perception check as you're running backwards. Out. Sure. My perception's super good. Three. You see a big old dragon staring <laughs> down at you, not too happy with you. So big old dragon, big old dragon, not too, not too great here. <laughs> so it is going to take a legendary action and it is going to roll a perception check here. It rolled a non-natural twenty. Jacob, what did you get? It was above a twenty. It was like twenty-three. Or Sounds something. good. Yeah, it was above twenty. I know that. He's never under a twenty. It looks around and it sees Fleeple and it sees Mal and it does not appear to see Lance. And uh, that's its legendary action it's going to take. So Fleeple, it is your go. You have two ice trolls right in front of you. They have passed through your wall of thorns, unfortunately, but it's your turn. What are you going to do? All right. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to fly away from these trolls. I'm going to fly actually right next to... Well, Malamar, how hurt are you looking right now? I am just over half of my hit points. Okay, I'm going to fly... But I do have Balm. All right, I'm going to fly directly next to Malamara. That is my maximum flying distance. I'm going to bonus action, Ritual of Mistletoe, Cure Wounds, and I'm going to burn four sprigs of Mistletoe Holy crap. So that I can give you an extra 3d4 on top of that. And your moon sickle, right? Uh, I'm not attuned to the moon sickle right <gasps> That's now. right. You you unattuned. Ooh. Yeah. So this is going to be 1d8 plus 3d4. Holy crap. Dagum. So it's going to be 16 hit points back to you. Hey, nice. there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my bonus action. Now for my main action, I am going to summon Star Platinum right next to, well, actually not quite right next to the dragon. I'm going to summon Star Platinum to the platform immediately below the dragon. Okay. And now I'm going to have Star Platinum look up and just flip him the bird with both hands. He is fuming. (laughs) Now, Star Platinum is going to use bonus action to face step immediately next to the dragon on top of that pillar to the south. There's a little sliver of land there. Very, very small sliver as the dragon takes up the whole expanse here. But yes, very slim. Now that he has teleported and he's fuming, he gets advantage on his first attack roll after teleporting. Yes. Okay. That's a natural 20. Oh my god. No! Stop it! You all stop it! <laughs> I have this really big dragon that I'm like, alright, legendary actions. Legendary resistances. So that's going to be 14 piercing damage plus 7 force damage. 14 plus 7, 21 damage. And now he's going to get a second attack because I cast it at fourth level and he gets yes. two attacks at fourth level. Yes. All right. And just the first one was with advantage, right? Correct. Next one is just a straight roll. That's a 22 to hit. That's a hit. 
Wow. Okay. That is 13 piercing damage and 6 force damage. Maximum damage. Stop it. Wow. Stop it. 19? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh my gosh. Star Platinum coming in clutch. My yeah, boy. Arthur is not looking too good. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Oh, I love this game so much. Round two, Arthur is. Indescribable creatures! You dare! And it's going to take a legendary action at the end of uh, Star Platinum's turn, and it is going to just attack and try to wail into them. All right. With its tail. Actually, it's going to use. Yeah, it's going to use its wing attack, actually. Oh, uh, to try and buffet him away? Yeah, so it's going to it's gonna spend its last two legendary actions for the round, and it's going to use a wing attack instead. I need you to roll me a dexterity saving throw for Star Platinum, please. 15. 15 is a miss, so it is not successful. It's going to take... Star Platinum's going to take 12 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And I will say that um, as a result of this precarious ledge and the, the wings just poof, it's going to get knocked on the pillar just below it, which, what did we say that was? Is that more than a 10-foot drop? I don't think so. So it, it's not enough to do extra damage, but it is enough to knock it off directly, uh, not to where it's not next to it. And Arathator is going to start flying um, here. It gets to use half of its fly speed which is 40 feet. And it's actually going to be flying 30, 40 right there. So it's going to fly west. If you didn't know any better, it actually looks like it's flying towards that entryway where Balthus went into, that it came from. Like it's going westward to the lair. And it, Mal and Fleeple, it doesn't look like it's looking at you as it's flying. And you can see like some of the blood is dripping from its scales. Lance, you are barely able to see just at the edges of your vision Arathator flying 60 feet away from you. And that's going to be its legendary action there. The ice trolls are going to run their full movement. Uh, oh, by the way, at the beginning... Hey, what about me? Oh, yeah, you're first. You're, next, you're before <laughs> the ice trolls. Go for it. Come on! Lance is going to see that this thing has actually... I was worried because I was like, ah, oh, it's more than 60 feet away. Nope, not anymore. And Lance is hidden still, hasn't seen him. So he's just going to notch the second arrow of slaying and just be like, come on, come on, both eyes open. <laughs> he will loose it. All right, come on. As your sister whispers in your ear and you're like, I got this, I got this. And she goes, I know you got this, just get it. Oh my gosh. <gasps> Stop. No. I'm just rolling terribly. <gasps> it's no! a it's a two and a three. No! <gasps> oh my gosh, man! I can't give him my luck points. Dang it! Oh, uh, <sighs> terrible! I, I haven't done anything to this dragon. Oh, yeah. joke! <clears throat> no more inspiration, unfortunately. I'm so sorry. Mm. <sighs> Not enough. As that gets loosed, your sister is the one that distracts you. You, uh, you're like, I got this, I got this. Well, you just, and you just... let it loose, and you're like, oh, it's not going to hit. And sure enough, it goes past the dragon. It doesn't hit the scales. That's going to be your action, unfortunately. All right, bonus action. This is so, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything in this fight. We're like, yeah, we're rocking it. I'm just failing. 
Okay, Lance is gonna use his movement. Again, the general direction. I saw that arrow that I did see scatter away. Generally in the south direction here. It's past where the dragon currently is as the dragon's flying westward and past where your allies are. But it is, if you were to guess, it's probably, it's at least 60 feet away, maybe further. Okay, I have two ideas. Thomas, you help me, help me here. Um, help me. It's, I can move 60 feet with bonus action and movement. Okay. Bonus action, dash, and movement. Would I be able to, if I did that, would you let me take an extra perception check to try and see if I can spot that last arrow? If not, I have another idea too, so don't feel beholden to that. I would say we could use your passive perception. No, that sucks, so that's not going to work. Yeah, my passive perception is 14. That's not going to be good enough, I think, to find an arrow. Might I make a bold suggestion? Sure. So it's already used all of its legendary actions for the round, and it's trying to get away. Mm -hmm. If you dash all the way down right next to him, you could try and get an opportunity attack against him as he's trying to fly away. He's flying, though. Oh, that's a good point. How high up is he? He's going to be about, uh, the ceiling up here is 40 feet from the floor level, so he can't be higher than, than that. He's not quite hugging the top, and he's a large creature anyway, so even if you were trying to attack with some range, it'd be 30. I'd say anywhere between uh, 15 to 20 uh, in the air. All right, I'm doing the second thing then. Here we go. All right, this sucks. Oh, man, that just sucked. The rolls. Okay. I'm going to run 60 feet toward the cavern or 30 feet, depending on what you determine, Thomas. I'm going to run toward the place he's retreating to. And Lance is just, like, kicking himself. He's just like, you're an idiot. You're a failure. What is happening? And Lance is going to run over there, and he's just going to stop, and he's just going to turn, and he is giving himself fully away to the dragon. And he's just going to shout at this dragon. This is the mighty beast that so many people have raved. You coward! And he's going to try and basically call this guy's ego out to get him to stop. I normally would be in action, but I will allow you to roll <sighs> some sort of some sort of charisma here. Intimidation. Well, any of it's going to be... Persuasion. Yeah, I, I, I was I was thinking intimidation is probably going to be the best, honestly, because you're trying to intimidate them to goad them. Yeah, it's an eight. Eight. Oh, the dragon looks towards your direction and sniffs and uh, looks surprised because he didn't see you there previously. But you're unsure what it's going to do based off of your roll there. That's it. That's my turn. Okay, now it is the trolls' turn. Each of the trolls at the beginning of their turn, they get ten hit points back because they are trolls, yo. And they're just going to try and run. They see you, Lance. Let's see. 10, 15, 20, 20. Oh, no, if they go that way, they're going to go through the thorns. They don't want to go through the thorns, so they have to go this way. Uh, the th thorns aren't there anymore. Thorns are concentration, and so is Star Platinum. Oh, thorns are gone. Okay. They use their entire action to get all the way up to you, Lance, but that's all they can do because they don't have any ranged attacks. They have melee, and that's it. So, that's it. That's their turn. And they don't have any legendary actions. It is now Arthator's turn. I'm going to see... haven't used its breath weapon yet. See if they get it this turn. Nope. Don't get the breath weapon this turn. So, 
Oh boy. As they, oof, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? This dragon is not looking good. <sighs> yeah, it's gonna, yeah. Arthator is going to spend its full action and movement to start flying further away. That's 15, 30, 60, 80. And Lance, Fleeple, and Mal, as you watch Arthur fly away, they leave your dark vision. You're in, unable to see them currently, but they did start flying back to there where they were initially. So that's going to be it on its turn. Mal, it's your go. Ooh, chase a dragon through slow. Probably not a great idea. So since these guys are right in front of us. Well, slow's already been activated, so it can't be. It's true. Slow was already activated, activated again by Balthus. Oh, I just assumed it was like a layer effect that it was just... So he cast slow on Balthus. It wasn't a layer effect. It was activated as like a trap okay. in that area. Sure. But Balthus activated it. Well, these guys are the biggest threat to us right now. So Mal will use an action since she has a connection to her magic to cast mirror image on herself. Because mirror image is not a concentration spell, she will then use her bonus action to rage. And she will run up to... uh, What? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 to these guys. So right next to Lance, as these ice trolls are right next to Lance, you, you run in between to take the focus so the ice trolls aren't going to be attacking Lance. Correct. All right. And I believe that's it for you. So Fleeple, it is your go. All right. I'm going to fly 35 feet in the direction of the dragon. Yeah. With your dark vision, uh, you don't see anything yet, but you hear in the distance, the flapping of the wings. Okay. I am going then to summon Star Platinum. The range I can summon Star Platinum up to is 90 feet. Great. I'm going to start with 60 feet because he couldn't have gotten too far. Fair. And that's the edge of your vision, that 60 feet. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I will go the full 90 feet because Star Platinum has dark vision as well. Oh, okay, cool. So you just launch Star Platinum. You in your hands, you just, and you chuck it as far as you possibly can. Yeah, so I'm recasting the spell in order to get the extra distance. 30, yep. And start platinum is going to pop up right, we'll say, let's see, what is that? 60, 85, 90. So we'll save right there for reference for you, Fleeple. And it's right at that time that start platinum can barely see within 60 feet. Arathator flying away just barely within its vision. Okay, so what Star Platinum is going to do then is going to run 40 feet directly towards the dragon and then phase step the additional distance to make it right next to the dragon. And we're going to make two attacks because I summoned at fourth level once again. Very good, very good. First attack with advantage. Furious because it's a furious Star Platinum. Such a fuming little satyr boy. Uh, that's only a 12 to hit. 12 is a miss, unfortunately. Okay, second attack. 29 to hit. 29 is a hit. Just one shy of being a nat 20. 
That is nine piercing damage and one force damage. Arthator doesn't look great, and he takes this damage as Star Platinum in the air just and kicks him right in the face. As it breathes out in ice. It's going to take a legendary action at the end of Star Platinum's turn, because I believe that was it, right? Well, before we finish our little turn here, I'm just going to call out and say in Draconic, Oh, the champion of Tiamat, afraid of Bahamut's little worm, huh? Mm-hmm. I want to do a goading check at that point. I'm going to have you roll intimidation with advantage at that. Yeah. Ooh, baby. That is a 13. 13. All right. We'll see how he reacts on his turn or with his legendary actions, which right now he is going to attack Star Platinum with his tail attack here. That is a non-natural 20 to hit. That'll do it. And there it is, 2d8. That's going to be 11 points of bludgeoning damage to Star Platinum. All right. Still up? Still up. Oh, gosh. He's got 29 hit points left. Wow. All right. Star Platinum, way to go. That's the end of its legendary action. So, Lance, it is your go. You have ice trolls right next to you. Okay. Lance is going to ignore the ice trolls (laughs) and is going to sprint 60 feet. Okay. So, an attack opportunity to you from the ice troll, right? Correct. All right. It's going to do a claw attack against you and gets a 21 21 to hit. hit. Yep. And does 13 points of slashing damage to you. Okay. But you're able to run 60 feet. So that's 60 feet right there. Am I within 60 feet of that dragon? Or not 60, 80 feet. You are just, we'll say you're just barely within 80 feet of the dragon. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Just barely. (sighs) All right. And just with a regular arrow, because the other ones are gone, Lance is just going to see that dragon and just go, just do something. And he will fire his arrow. No advantage because I wasn't hiding or anything. And hope it hits. That will be an 11. (sighs) I rolled a three. Are you serious? I rolled a three. Oh my gosh, that's like five under 10 that you've used. Oh my gosh. Oh, the arrow goes wide, unfortunately. It sails past the dragon, past Star Platinum. As the arrow sinks into, you hear a splash as you're getting closer and closer to the uh, the actual resting place of Arthator here. Lance, unfortunately a miss. That's it. All right, at the end of your action, Lance, it's now going to take another legendary action, and it is going to try to get Star Platinum again with another tail attack. That's a 26 to hit. That hits. And 14 bludgeoning damage. All right, he's still got 15 left. Goodness gracious, Star Platinum. That's its legendary action. It's now the Ice Trolls, and the Ice Trolls, they're going to wail on you, Mal, and they are flanking you, so that is with advantage here. Each of them makes three attacks. So the first one with advantage. Well, double threes. Second one with advantage. Natural 20. 
going to be a 25 to hit. So that hits. There we go. And then the second one is going to be the second one's attacking. That is a only a f- 16. So that's a that miss, misses. right? Yep. Oof. Advantage is a 24 and a 23. Those both hit. So we had three successful claw three attacks, attacks and, a, and with and one an, natural 20. The, okay, sounds good. So that's going to be, so this is for two of them. Ooh, that's a lot of numbers. Okay, 10, 16, 19 plus 8 is 27. Uh, 38. And then... Um, 14. 52 points of slashing damage to you. Okay. Halved. It's 26. Good. Good thing you were raging. Holy cow. Uh, but that's them. That's their turn. They just wailed on you and you're still standing like grinning at them and they kind of like look at each other confused. <laughs> and that's it. So uh, it is now before the dragon takes its turn. It's now going to make another legendary action against Star Platinum here. That's going to be a 23 to hit. That hits. And... 17 points of damage. 17 is just barely enough. Oh, there it is. So Star Platinum poofs out. So that gives Arthator enough wiggle room to now fly his full 80 feet. And the last thing you hear of Arthator. You may have won this day, you maggots. But to your battle rise. Tiamat will bring chaos to the world, and we'll see how your god protects you, little betrayer, you little puny, worthless, meaningless rat. And as he says that and echoes in the chamber, you hear a loud as silence covers the chamber and the lair, leaving the trolls confused as what to do. But Arthatora is gone and has left this lair. And that is where we are gonna end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. I hope our fans wow. appreciate the super long episode that I will have to edit. Yes, <laughs> Mickey is definitely going to have to edit. This is not being cut into two episodes. This is all one long episode. Well, shoot. How are we supposed to? Wow. Wow, everybody. <laughs> Coward. Wow. Coward. Yeah. Uh, I know it's unusual with Fleeple here, but uh, turns out some chromatic dragons don't seem to have a sense of honor or dignity about them. Uh, when uh, they are, they see death on the horizon. They uh, seem to be wanting to stick it out to the end. So, wow, that was that was a roller coaster. That was up. That was down. That was sideways. That was. Whew, my heart is racing from that combat. Uh, that was <laughs> our first big encounter with a huge adult white dragon. There, 
And I'd say the Jake Squad lived up to its name. I'd say that. I was, uh, I was pretty nervous there for a while. So, as always, Jacob, Ned, Mickey, thank you for recording this extra long episode. And listeners, thank you for joining us on this extra long episode here following the combat with Arthur. If you like this combat or just like the content that we're pumping out, please leave us a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice to let us know what elements you liked and uh, just commiserate that the Arthur got away. Commiserate with Lance on his unfortunate dice rolls. I, yeah, I'm so sorry about that, Jacob. Just is the roll. It's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Even with advantage, that's just crazy. Uh, but if you want to leave us something a little bit longer than a five-star review, uh, go and shoot us an email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com, where we can uh, you can share your ups and downs and your emotional rollercoaster you had during this episode or some of the other ones that we've had. You can reach to us at our social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and... Our Patreon page, newly, uh, still fairly fresh to uh, you listeners and to us. You can go hop on our Discord, our Patreon-exclusive Discord that we have in one of our tiers, and you can start talking about this battle in the spoiler discussion there. Um, and all of those are at iCastFireball20, with the Patreon being I cast fireball two zero. Uh, shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop. As always, they do fantastic, wonderful, beautiful things over there. They currently have their Avatar Legends uh, and Blade in the Dark, which they call the Blade in the Dafay RPG, going on over there. Go give them a listen, and don't forget to leave them a five star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, and around the table we have Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.